in West Philadelphia, born and raised on a playground where I spent most of my days chilling out, relaxing, maxing all cool while shooting some b-ball outside the school when a couple of guys, they was up to no good, starting to go trouble in the neighborhood. neighborhood. You got a one summer stop and smoke, 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 Today's That's episode is sponsored by Copenhagen. Get your chew now. Open Hagen! Welcome to another uh, segment of World Madness with my uh, guests for today. They've been here before. You know them as the Troy brothers. The Eric, Eddie, how are you guys doing? Uh, wunderbar. <laughs> wunderbar. And on to my right, a new, brand new guest. Hi, Super hi, excited hi. to have him on board, Lance Williams. What's up? What's up? You forgot I, I just want to say up? this. I just want to say that okay. uh, Eddie's Copenhagen is now considered mouth mulch, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Copenhagen. I love that they they Road couldn't think of a better name, so they just named it after a place. Like, is there? Do they just make? Well, is it Copenhagen? Copenhagen? Isn't that from uh, the country Iceland? Uh, not Iceland. I think what is that? Denmark. <laughs> so fucking. Is, are bad they, do they just dip in Denmark so much? They're like, we gotta fucking name it after us. <laughs> they're like, well, we conquered our, the whole world, and when we came to the Americas, we found. Why am I making them like? I don't know. I don't know what I'm making Vikings. What was their right plan? Now. Like, come here and give everybody jaw cancer? Well, yeah. They're like, they're I'm just imagining a bunch of Vikings jointed. doing dip. That's they got a fucking spittoon. Tell on me the that doesn't. Between there. raping, pillaging, and plundering, they were like, wait, break. You tell me that doesn't just pack fit. Lip. That doesn't fit a Viking lifestyle. It does. It, it fits perfectly. That's what so I'm like, saying. Yeah. I feel like they're probably dipping like psilocybin mushrooms or like they were. something extra wild. They were doing. Yeah, it wasn't psilocybin. They theorized that it was like a different one. You know the little mushroom, like the, the red, red one. With the, the red dots. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one oh, that they're the always. Flag Garrick. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What's yeah. it taste like? Now we're Joe Rogan. Well, actually, no. They'd have deer What's it like? eat it and then Copenhagen. drink the piss. in your mouth. Taste it. <clears throat> taste um, it. Taste it. It tastes like. Tastes like pussy, right? <clears throat> battery acid. Oh, battery acid? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it I'm tastes not totally like sure. if you lick the battery with both ends. <laughs> Are we going back into this character? Yeah. No. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> How you been, brother? I've been good, man. I've been good. Yeah? You know, got a lot of, been working a lot, which is good. You're a busy um, man, dude, aren't you? Try to be, man. Dude, it's try so to good be. to have you here, dude. I'm glad we could finally make it happen. You, I kept we, hiding from you. I know, right? We should have done this since, like, last July, but, oh, you yeah. know, my God fucking damn. ankle broke. Oh, yeah, you mean when you tried to WWF a drum set? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching this, and I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And then you landed, and I was like, I'm going to be honest, that wasn't that high up. How did he break something? <laughs> You're the only person I know who fucking shattered a body part falling one foot. <laughs> so whole new meaning to hop I'm on the so good foot to the bad I'm so thing. glad your buddy actually caught that in video. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it, was, fantastic. it was the most. Wait, so at what point like was it the impact of the landing? Or was it like, did you trip over? Was it when you tripped over the drum? Like, what what moment what, what was it I, when you fucked your shit up? What I remember was I got up, and I think my right foot caught onto the right cymbal, mm -hmm. and that already kind of like messed up my balance. And yeah. I landed on the platform wherever uh -huh. Dylan was at. Yeah, I landed pussy. on that, on top of his foot, and oh, so shit. it was just like. <laughs> so when oh, an NBA geez. player steps on another foot. Yeah. yeah, you get fucked up. God, so he's so just got stronger feet than you. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was you out. You make a terrible cat. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was out. I was out and abouts for about like uh, three months. How are you healing up? How am I healing up? Dude, yeah. I could run now. No well, shit. Not, not yeah. completely 100%, but I, I could do like the stuff I used to do. Yeah. And I'm like very. I'm glad we framed this with enough context because I was like, hey, how's your ankle? Yeah, I can run now. 
Yeah. People would listen and be like, did he not run before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> broke, yeah. Yeah, you know, he can drum, but uh, he is a... Uh, well, he started out crawling to about the age 27, well, then he decided to get up it, on his two feet. It's just crazy he how broke like, his funny the process bone. of healing up. So, like, the, his humor hasn't been the, the show, <laughs> my return show at the Whiskey, I remember you and Michael, like, looked at each other like, he's back, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. I was like, oh, I'm back, baby. <laughs> the, the last show you guys did, you were fucking killing it, man. How'd you feel about that show? It was great. Yeah, actually, uh, the one that the live show I really dug, but I mean, um, the Fleef show that I went to, the Fleef, the Fleef, really yeah. good, man. With Fleef, I mean, you just bring so much energy to the drummer. It's literally like when they start, it's, oh, he's like Animal from the Muppets. So I was like, yeah, literally, that's it. <laughs> yeah, bro. I think the first show I saw you guys in, uh, you performed. This is when Eric was in the band, and uh, okay. you threw the drumsticks yeah, and they the went on the roof. Point. Yeah, and I was like, he's not playing in any more bands tonight, right? Like, <laughs> no, this guy doesn't have his drumsticks. You kind of need those things. It'd be like if Eddie just popped his arm off like a Ken doll after a set and was just like, yeah, threw it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I back up. I need that. <laughs> I don't need Keep no talking. Arm. I'm going to charge this fucking laptop before it dies in this second. Oh, wow. it's wow. going to die. What a, what a professional oh podcast God. this is. I'm calling my po- Did you just dun, fucking dun, call? Dun, dun, dun. No, no. Oh, he, I sounded like he did a stuff. Okay, he boy, broke another your bone. Your feet are problematic. <laughs> he, psyched- <laughs> <laughs> he psyched out the ground, bro. Paul said, I'm the worst thing moving on two feet. <laughs> That's why I got to be stationary. I just imagine Paul doing a rehab, and it starts out with him just like, wiggle your big toe. And then by the end, he's like doing those football trainings where you're like stomping really fast between flat ladder pieces. And a montage song. That shit looks so silly, but I feel like that shit must do something amazing for like fast twitch muscles or something. I'm going to start talking to my ass about physical things. But (laughs) something about that shit, I'm like, man, that, that looks like serious training. If you, uh, if you, I thought it was not serious training. If you, uh, very, uh <coughs> I thought it was a uh, very humorous, and it was just uh, listen, don't shit on my shit, all right? If you train, <laughs> your, like if you train your feet, it makes you better for love making. I don't know if you know that. You know, I had heard that too. It makes you better at foot jobs. You know, Donna yeah. and I yeah. actually have been getting into the yogurt a little bit more. Uh, we do the hot uh, Vinchassa yogurt on uh, Tuesdays yep. and Thursdays. I'm in back. The afternoon Thursdays. at at uh, McDowell's. Hot yoga at sunset. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to be honest with you, fellas. It's really improved, the, if I may speak freely, uh, the thrust and the lovemaking that Donna and I experience in the double wide. Well, that's true, yeah. You know, well, the Lord you know what they say? If that. the trailer's rocking, don't come knocking. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this is what it's like inside my brain. So... What did I miss before I was... Oh, uh, we thought you fell, but you didn't fall. Okay. We made fun of you having bad feet. Right. Um, so you were talking about uh, the performances. Uh, what did you think of the first time you actually saw Voodoo perform? Were you super proud uh, of Eddie? Oh, fuck yeah. Well, because, like, <laughs> the biggest thing was Eddie that, like, in particular? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time, right, you guys were beneath the chaos. Did you think he was hot? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. It, it was just that, like, it's so fucking cool to me because like, it, it's something that I know he's been pursuing for such a long time. So to get to see him actually in that space, actually, like, you know, performing music and songs that, like, I, he sent me and I've listened to a dozen times. I'm like, holy shit, like, this is, you know, he's doing it now. You know? Yeah. It's really fucking cool, man. So yeah, 100% I mean, proud. It was, 100%. W- it was weird because it was something I, I really had always just done, like, making yeah. songs. But I actually never pursued it, you know, like, mm-hmm. until the pandemic shit. And then when everything fucking closed down and there wasn't anything to do for film work, I was like, I'm going to go insane mm-hmm. if I don't stay creative. Yeah. And I taught myself how to, <clears throat> you know, use like FL Studio and record all the bullshit that I've been thinking. And then when I met these guys, it was like, we can do it now. That's it, man. <laughs> you know? had long That's hair it. and a beard. I did, yeah. remember? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I did. You're like a fucking car thief. 
<laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Eddie looks like you want to learn how to hotwire a car, kid. <laughs> you look like you get like you look like somewhere in the valley. You have like an old dilapidated house with just like six orphan kids between the ages of like nine and fifteen, and you just have them running around the city pickpocketing tourists. And the best part is, is I can claim more on my welfare because there's more of them. That's right. That's right. That's right. Don't, and you can claim the pets, too. Donna's got this pug that he just don't breathe right no more. <laughs> right. Uh, but because of the medical expenses, if you claim him as a dependent, you can get most of it back. That's true. Most of it. That's true. It's enough to put a new paint job beside him on the double wide. <laughs> <laughs> Donna, really wanted to, Donna really wanted to get the, uh, the, the it's like a terracotta shillings on the roof. Yeah. But, you know, I thought, well, the Spanish colonial feeling, you know, I like it. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. But yeah. you're a happy wife, happy life. That's true. You know? And the thing is, you have to factor in, what's the Lord's color, right? What color do I you feel like So anyways, territory. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on more forward from this shit. <laughs> you're going to get canceled. But yeah, moving forward, Lance. The Lord's what? color is black. Uh, y- yes. Boom. Black and white. Well, Boom. Yeah. That's all, all we need. This, this, is be- this is the best thing about being black is like in little odd moments, you could just throw that shit in there and they're like, no one can, no one can rub up against it. Yeah. Then you go, well. See, look at you guys. Yeah, 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 right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's ever. I strongly disagree. <laughs> <laughs> your show's going to, they're going to take your show off Spotify. Oh, I think dude. the Lord's I color is before magenta. I'm doing my best. It's magenta. It's magenta. Fuchsia. Fuchsia. Donna likes fuchsia, actually. The, I think the Lord there likes ain't no turquoise. There no colors in this Spotify. In there this ain't no channel. color. Well, there's green. There is green yeah. and black, actually. Yeah. It's got a bit of a matrix well, palette. Well, green and black just reminds me of when you a pack it, palette. and then reminds me of the end result is, is black, because, you know, it's all ash. Boom. So that's what I think of. Wait, do you think Spotify, like, they're probably a bunch of stoners over there? Oh, Spotify? fuck yeah, they are, dude. Green and black? What do you mean? I feel like he's not smoking weed at big companies. Netflix stoners, dude. It was a bunch of Disney. has to be. In order to think of uh, Mickey Mouse and his Steamboat Willie bullshit, yeah. that's straight yeah. out Stony Baloney right there. Stony <laughs> Baloney. <laughs> I like that Stony Baloney. <laughs> I'm gonna make a, a brand of, um, of of raps and just call it Stony Baloney. Yeah, Stony Baloney. Yeah. There was a, an episode where it was Eddie and I, and I think I remember a hit. Uh, one of us uh, said. Uh, Honker donkers or something? <laughs> Honker donkers. It could be anything. <laughs> anything flies out of our weird yeah. ass mouths. So, <laughs> so ecstasy when it comes to him and I, dude. You and yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're an, you're animal from the Muppets, Bits. and I'm the fucking Energizer. <laughs> That's, fair. So it's, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I feel like Eric is like the, the little chicken hawk from um, Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. What? The, the little angsty, tough chicken honk. But he's also fucking Tasmanian Why devil. Oh, yeah. Eric's definitely, when Eric gets mad, he's a Tasmanian devil. <laughs> yeah, bro. What? <laughs> you like, your, your shoulders roll forward all big. I'm like, how's he growing? What's happening? <laughs> so, you, yeah, so you could use Stony Baloney or uh, what I like to uh, say is Munch a Box. That's another. Munch a Box? Yeah, what Munch a Box. Mean? It means. Like, going munch a oh, Box. Yeah, God. Yeah. Munch a Box? Gee, that's, uh, I feel like that's like adult Lunchables. Can you, imagine, can you imagine trying to sell that to a chick? You're like, yeah. yo, can I munch your box? <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know if that's going to go over super well. <laughs> Instead know. of let me go down on you, you go, hey. Let me munch your box. Hey, girl, let me munch your box. <laughs> I feel like that's a great test. If she's like, okay, you're like, ah, well, that's not the right one. This is not the woman like for me. Like a ding dong? I don't know. They're all fucking, yeah. all these stupid. Like a ding dong? <laughs> if I ever found myself Hostess? in an intimate situation Bro. and somebody said, let me lick your ding dong. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm like, get out of here, they, macaroni ears. But they pull out a dumb dumb. Like, they literally pull out hostess ding dong. Yeah, I'm like, well, it's, it looks like it's your ding dong, so What's you lick it. Go ahead. What's the name of the fucking dinosaur from uh, Mac Craft Mac and Cheese? Oh, I don't does know. He, does he have what, a What's actually? I didn't even know there was a dinosaur associated with Kraft Mac and Cheese. You didn't fucking What's know the, that? No. What do you think about the first thing when a dinosaur pops out? Because I always think about that movie Land Jurassic Before Park. Time. Uh, the devil put it there. Okay, Jurassic Park. Faith. I always think about Land. <laughs> <laughs> he said the devil put dinosaurs here to test our faith. You know my favorite, my favorite, my favorite bit of bullshit from from the Christian community is the idea that like anyone being gay is a sin. Because then I go, what was the devil doing? He sat around and was like. Ah, I got it. I'll fucking ruin him with this one. I'll make some guys like guys and some women like women. Like what? That <laughs> yeah. was the fucking like that. The, it sounds like it's such bullshit. Like, come on. How does anyone really buy that? I like, just think on, it's, it's weird, too, that like people, they take that that aspect of the Bible they take seriously. But yeah. then it's like, I still like shellfish, though. Yeah, it's like everybody cherry picks the Bible so hard, it's crazy. Why do we always make them south? There can also be like some fucking mm. Canadian that's like a super hyper religious. Like he's like, well, you. Yeah, that's you true. The Lord, you know, says, uh, you know, according to the gospel of, of Christ, uh, mm. you know, uh, um, I don't eat oh, shellfish. We're in Christ segment here. Christ mm. segment, yeah. yeah awesome. Christ I mean, segment. Philippines, a lot of Filipinos are Christian. I was say, that's yeah. fair. Well, thanks, Crusades. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thanks a lot. Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. Fucking. That shit spread faster than Wi-Fi. <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> Mr. 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 Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Mr. Williams, yeah. moving, moving forward. Uh, <laughs> you're experiencing being in two shows uh, with Voodoo. Yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. about that. Uh, first show was fucking terrible. Oh, they're both terrifying, truthfully. I um, thought he was going to say terrible. I was like, no, fuck, did we suck that fucking, bad? No, I was scared of shit. You guys time. sucked. Um, <laughs> it was like the first the first show, I think, was more scary. It was What made it scary was just like it was something I'd never done before. You know what I mean? Um, and then the second show, there was more structure to it. It was like, okay, there are, we actually have lyrics now like, that I have to know. And typically like with scenes, it feels so easy to memorize whatever the dialogue is for some fucking reason my brain was just not registering those lyrics. Right. Like, even the day before the show, like, after rehearsal, I went to Eddie's, and we stayed up till, like, 2 in the morning just rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing. I went home the next day. All day long, I just locked myself in the room, rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing. It just was not sticking. Right. Even when we got to do the show, I was, like, sitting down outside, like, trying to run it in my head and shit. And George looked... I remember George, like, took a video, and he was... He was like, look at this motherfucker trying to remember the lines. Then <laughs> <laughs> we got up on stage and like there was parts that I knew and then it was just like blank. And I was like, fuck it, just restyle. Just like, just say stuff. And at a certain point I was like, well, they can't really hear me. So this is good. Oh, yeah. We should preface and mention that for everybody that Lance was very briefly in voodoo. Yeah. That forgot to mention yeah. that. Yeah. My yeah. brief role is Baron, uh, we, Baron If Yosemite. you go on, on Wikipedia, Baron Yosemite. you'll Baron see Yosemite. past members, <laughs> his face. Yeah. yeah past members. You got you to gotta sell those photos as NFTs. I know, dude. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the plan. So far, we've had two past members. Yeah, uh, Eric Necklin and uh, Lance. What's his last name? Necklin. Oh, they said Neckland. No, <laughs> Neckland. So like, he is very tall. <laughs> yeah, he is a very tall he's, motherfucker. He's got Shout a out to that tall land. motherfucker. A lot of neck. We love ass. you, tall motherfucker. <laughs> he's got a lot of property uh, on his neck. A lot of property between his shoulders and chin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amen. Um, Amen. Yeah, that show was is fucking killer, dude. I mean, I yeah. couldn't even notice yeah. if you were forgetting lyrics. You were just all just, you, just were, you were bumping, bro. Yeah, there's a certain point I was like, it's just energy, so fuck it. Yeah. You know? And it was an interesting show because we all uh, decided to wear Hawaiian. Yeah, theme. all the Hawaiian shirts. Yes. That was the shit. Yeah. 
Because yeah. it, it was at a tiki bar in fucking Costa Mesa. Yeah. We were we were hip to be square. Yeah. yeah. That night. That was it, a fun fucking night. Man. We were the best band in that night. I think there wasn't there <laughs> a point where like somebody had the drum set outside and we like we were supposed to be leaving, getting like they were shutting it down. And then we're like smacking someone's cymbal and all freestyle and rapping and singing outside. And the guy's like, dude, please, please go home. Please stop. <laughs> it's kind of like, funny too. Like I remember after no that party like a voodoo party because <laughs> voodoo party don't it's stop. One regret bitch. I had. It, uh, like I never have regrets, but it's it's that one particular night I would want to change that moment. Not that? not getting hurt. I oh, wish yeah. I wish 100%. it could be bam 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 bam. bam. We could yeah. we've cut a, we've could have gotten shit so much done. Do you do oh, you sure. think that like it's it's helped you grow as an artist though? It did. It did yeah. change. I mean, it was probably meant to be because I probably needed a pause yeah. just so I can reevaluate everything and just be like, it's like kind of being like in yeah. a cocoon. Right, right. And then a you- A cocoon? <laughs> like, caca. It's not, it's not the it like the whole time I was Wars. watching my wife get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Trapped inside. Yeah. I was, I feel like I was being That's in a cocoon. That's like the time, I'm not, well, Donna wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah, heard that I was story. being in a cocoon, <laughs> finally hatched into a beautiful butterfly, and then yeah. I finally realized like, you, fuck yeah. I'm you did right come on, back somehow like an even better drummer. Yeah, mentally and physically, I felt stronger. Yeah. Your fills were like super tight. Like, not, you always were a good drummer, but you came back somehow even better. And I was like, what has this fucker been doing this whole time? Like, while I was resting his ankle, suddenly coming back and being like, triplet fills. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, yeah. what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, just yeah. been studying and jacking off the whole That's time. Dude. Yeah, Jeez. your right hand was even more on point. You're like, my ankles are better, Fast but this one hand fiber. carpal tunnel like a motherfucker. He learned how to blast beat because he was jacking off with both hands. <laughs> By the <laughs> 11, no, because he was blast beating himself. He was, he was jacking oh. off himself. <laughs> he got good at blast beats because he was jerking himself off Whoa. and also jerking somebody else off at the same Jesus. time. And that got I mean, him that really good some at blast focus. beats. That's, to be honest. Uh, that's funny. And that's one of those what came first things, right? <laughs> yeah. The blast beats of the jerking hey, I'm here all week. Hey. So, Lance, hey. uh, yeah. what has the pandemic taught you the most? Oh, man. Um, and what has it been like since it started? So those are two uh, uh, big <laughs> questions to think about. Well, let's, well, I'll start with the second one. So it's, it's, it's been like since it started. I, I don't know if you know, but at the time when the pandemic started, I was engaged, actually. Oh um, shit! Yeah, and and so that ended during the pandemic, uh, fairly early on. Uh, which when he says like engaged, he was engaged in battle. By the way, I was yeah. engaged he in was, combat. He was, yeah, he was. He was combat. Yeah. it's not the same kind of engagement. Battle. Yeah, it was. All was fair in love and war. <laughs> Different rules of engagement. Jarhead status. <laughs> yeah. So you're um, engaged. Yeah. So I was engaged, and uh, it ended early in the pandemic, uh, which kind of like threw me down on like a fucking rabbit hole of just. Like you do the self-destruction and all that bullshit, and then you try to cover up a lot of it with like, oh, I'm being creative and like finding these outlets. And a smoking caterpillar. You smoke caterpillar. What? <laughs> I'm telling you some shit and some cat. Oh big yeah. Smile. <laughs> down this the Alice in Wonderland. Ah, uh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Listen, Lewis and Carol, you fucking chime down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're um, throwing some Tim Burton <laughs> shit right here. <laughs> uh, and, and and I think through it all, I just kind of. Learn to deal with my own uh, my own demons, get the chip off my shoulder, and, and kind of just face my own shit. Yeah, uh, w- which has been really nice. Uh, and what was your other question? Uh, so you answered that one. The other, I think, the first question I, I see, I even forgot my own question. The first question was <laughs> like, okay, what has stuff. it taught you the most? Oh, what has it taught me the most? Yeah, what have you learned the most oh, from man. from all this? Uh, I like the phrase "progress, not perfection." Okay, and I think that's probably what I've picked up the most from this. Is like. Then nothing's got to be perfect right out the gate. It's just progress. Just work towards it, you know? Yeah. Eddie? Oh, what? shit. 
Um, <laughs> my, so I love that Eddie holds the mic like he's cradling balls. So, uh, <laughs> now it's an ASMR podcast. Put some oil on it. Yeah. And now I'm some lube. Now I'm gonna. You're gonna hear the scratching sound. That's my balls. <laughs> uh, the question was the first hey part guys. of it was what happened? The, something about the pandemic. What, what has what the, did you learn what, from the pandemic? Yeah. What did you learn? And also, what learn? like, what's it been like for you? What's it been like? So the pandemic definitely changed a lot in my changed life. Um, I, <clears throat> you know, it, it when the film industry kind of shut down for a little while there, like mm. I said, it, it put music um, higher on the priority list for me. Sure. And it, it made me, it forced me to take all these ideas that I had been, you know, making for years just to keep myself sane, I guess. Um, and then was like, oh, let's go do something with that. And, you know, so in a lot of ways, <clears throat> you know, voodoo wouldn't even be a thing. And and I wouldn't have met you guys if it wasn't for that happening, because it, it would have I probably just would have been 24 seven film, 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 which I still love that and still pursue it. But um, but music really wouldn't have taken a centerfold uh, without without that happening. Um and yeah, like, you know, my life is different too. Like much like Lance, I was in a, a long term relationship where I was living with somebody. Uh South American chick, you said? <laughs> no. No, she wasn't South American. Oh, I thought she was like Latina. Yeah, she, she was, was oh I thought Central yeah. American. Oh, she was Central American. She wasn't different that, area, bro. She wasn't that either. She's Mexican. American. Yeah, she was half Mexican. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's oh no, that, that is North that's American. That's North America, Fucking you stupid. stupid. Hey stupid. We don't hey, talk like stupid. that. Hey, stupid. Okay, and he's sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, you know, <laughs> and her, you know, her and I moved to the apartment that we're in now. And then, you know, stuff, you know, that relationship had been kind of for a long time phasing out. And then uh, between the music and everything and then and that kind of going away, it, it taught me a lot of lessons, too, where you have to lean on certain people that care about you and that you care about. And it also opened me up to making new friends, which is always something I've struggled with. Like I, I tend to be very closed off and it's like, I know that I trust Lance and my brothers. And it was sort of like, yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> I, I always had been very shut off for. to meeting people like you guys. And do. now it's like, that's what friends do. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> now I have new, new family and br and friends and stuff and you guys and and we work creatively together and it's awesome yeah. um so yeah i guess one of the things it taught me was to be more open to other people and don't be such a chicken shit to make new friends mm. and go out and pursue other passions of yours what was your first impression when you met uh, eric Vinny, and i uh, First time he met me was uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said I wanted a it sister. It all started when I was born. Yeah, <laughs> it my first memory is you, you yeah. being born. I know because um, from what I remember, I felt like you were actually excited actually to yeah, meet us. Very, you gave me a oh. hug. Yeah, like, no shit. First. First impression, they're just like, oh, hey, they're kind of tense and whatnot. It's because like, he thought right, you were cute. You need to be fucking weird around me, right, dude? Mm. But this guy already had, like, the biggest smile. And <laughs> no, he no. called me, too. And I was like, where you at, dude? I was like, I'm walking by the movie theater, dude. Where are you at? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I was like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spicoli. <laughs> I was very excited. Oh. I've, I've always been a musician, but I actually have never been formally in a band until 
Oh, like, so you popped your cherry. I did, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I had never been. I had performed and I had played music with other people and I'd always like fill in in different spots and stuff. But I had never really been in a band until you guys. And like it sounded like you guys liked stuff I wrote and you had heard how I sing and you guys were like you guys were digging it. Yeah. Otherwise, you must not have wanted to meet with me. And then we all vibed. Yeah. Like everybody was really cool. Vinny's awesome. We hung out with Vin last night. Uh, you were obviously awesome. Eric's a great dude, you know, and then I'm pretty good. <clears throat> yeah. You too, Eric. Also <laughs> Eric. Yeah. With a K. But um, <laughs> yeah. And then like it, that little family just keep growing, growing from there. You know, Eric had families the, grew. You the, know? the family like, done scrooched. They, they done scrooched. Like right up, yeah. you know, like then family, dude. Then we right out. We're gonna get to that segment. You gotta family, put good you know, coke mulch on it, and that's how you get your family After to grow. Yeah, because then we got engine. fucking Ollie and Sean, and this motherfucker joined us temporarily. Yeah, and yeah. Sometimes He's Eric comes up there with a camera. Still family. <laughs> shakes a tambourine. Still family. Still family. We're like still gonna we can talk about that later. Family. <laughs> I'm like a rock star. Well, that's how I feel. Sat down to talk. They talked about voodoo. Isn't just necessarily like. The band, I feel like it's collectively. It's the groupies. Yeah, it's well, the uh, <laughs> again. That's why I uh, when I tag, I tag drinks. you now because it's just like you know. I yeah. tag, yeah. Vin, I tag yeah. uh, Vinny's brother Jack, of course, because it's yeah. just like I totally. feel like the it's crew. at a point. It's yeah. like, dude, we're like one big. What are the voodoo? Can we say tribe or is that too? Yeah, right? we're a big tribe, dude. Yeah, we're a big yeah. tribal force. Yeah, one big splutress. Oh, I like that. Four men started a band. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Four men collected into a family to destroy. They are the Powerpuff Boys. Buttercup. Part of the whole thing with voodoo that I've always wanted to achieve, and I think we're getting there because obviously we're a very <laughs> new band, but like, I don't want it just to be like five dudes playing music. Like, I yeah. want it to be something where... Um, People that listen to it, like people that become our fans, people that we are close with and, and we work with, people like, you know, George and, and yeah, you and, yeah. and you as well, Eric. Yeah. And, you George know, Michael's like a really good it one. all becomes yeah. like a family and like a movement <laughs> and something hopefully bigger than just the music. And it's all centered around the music, but like, you know, something that makes people feel something and feel like they're a part of something like a community. Sure. Yeah. You know? Or a cult. Or a cult. <laughs> or <laughs> voodoo productions. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it, Eddie, because that's how I felt. I, I always feel like this big, you know, black storm darkness, whatever you want to call it, has like opened so many doors because I also feel like um, life was kind of getting boring and simple. Yeah. And in, in a way, many people feel like like bad shit needed to happen or for good shit to happen. Like, dude, it's so weird. Like, for me personally, the pandemic has led me to playing like probably one of the greatest shows ever and yeah. and meeting like one of the best like people ever in life. Sure. Everybody mm. just sucks so bad <laughs> before that. It's so it was so boring, mm. dude. I was like, you're all living this fucking fantasy land. I just want shit to just crumble so you can all understand that life can be such a disaster. It reminds mm. me, honestly, of that movie you were just in, by that? the way, with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. And it, it, well, that's it, a fucking segue it, right there. That was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> no, it seriously reminds me of that. It's just yeah. like, thank fucking God, cause like, like this shit is gonna happen, and you right, guys right, are all right. stuck in like like the media and yeah, I think unnecessary we a things. Call. We definitely needed a wake up call. Yeah, just across the board, and. and you know, there's a lot of lost life, and I think anytime we get a major wake up call like this, 
unfortunately, it typically comes with a massive loss of life. Uh, yeah. But I think where we benefit is by not letting it be in vain and going, okay, what can we learn from this? Though? How can we grow? We're still here. So, like, how do we not let that be for nothing? Yeah. You know? But it's never ended, uh, to be yeah. honest. I, yeah. I just feel like people panic because business is closed. I was like, dude, it's yeah. just a building. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, like we still got people. If somebody's gonna listen to this. Who's fucking <laughs> cupcake shop got closed? Like I fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't mean you. Sorry. They crushed like the my dreams. Sad part it, well, like, of course, the artists are like, "Who gives a fuck? Business is closed." <laughs> <laughs> like it's true, but it is. It is also sad because for musicians, music ven- music venues that are shut down, that does kind of like take a toll yeah. on us. And then also yeah. for actors, for sure. production you know, down. production, it's like, even crews, man, it's man. like, who the fuck am I going to act in front of now, yeah. dude? Yeah. I mean, dude, think about it. Our first show back when we were beneath the chaos was, was out a in a park. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. in front of a playground and we're singing Rage Against the Machine where it's like, fuck you, I won't do what you tell, tell me. me. And, and there's the little, little kid is like, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I mean, one of the dads came over too and he was like, hey, I'm about this. Like, you yeah, know, like, he was like, like Frank, go yeah, back yeah. over and watch your kid. Yeah, <laughs> Kids drop it, kicking people trip, off the slide dude. again. Um, so okay. glad I met you, bro. Yeah, man. Let I mean, me ask I you know. something, Paul. You play in so many bands. Why? 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 Because I love it and I don't want to stop and I want mm-hmm. I want to keep growing oh, as, a, I, as a musician. I want to learn from all this. Yeah. I feel like again it goes back to the uh, pandemic. This taught me like life's so short. Just mm. fucking go balls to the wall. Um, I'm in a position now where I'm not comfortable, but it also makes me feel comfortable in a way. Mm. So like those challenges makes me want to like just you're getting outside your comfort zone. Yeah. It just makes me want to keep pursuing the dream even more. And he started putting um, his balls against walls. And it's, it, it all came in place. So Eddie came in place, obviously. And it, it was a struggle. And I lie with me and Eric, just us two having to try to form a new band after one band that we've tried for so many years finally just didn't work out mm-hmm. finding Vinny was in Are the you actually Nick- fucking around on your phone in the middle of the interview excuse me sir i will get to you in a bit <laughs> you're the worst you're the worst <laughs> fucking guest ever i was kidding hey, man. <laughs> but, i'm just looking at some shit man. but <laughs> Vinny coming in the nick of time then you coming eddie and it and it's what's so strange it's like you both came from literally what yeah, the northeast. In the northeast. Yeah, New you England, guys live in the same complex. Yeah, and it's just, and then yeah, that was trippy. Yeah, that is the most. It's like, trippy. where do you live, Burbank? Oh, yeah. where? Uh, like you know, Vaughn's. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, I live over there. Yeah, Ava. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then introducing to this handsome stud right here. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's me. Yeah, I met okay. him and your younger brother the first Steven? time ever. Yeah. At that show. Uh, you brought all Blousey Steve. Um, Shout out Steve's shirt selection. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Harry Styles. <laughs> no. I can't wait for him to listen to this. But, yeah. Steven, and- you never be half the woman Harry Styles uh- is. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Burn. But, yeah, I, I guess, like, everything happened all at once. Voodoo, uh, Flea f- happened during the pandemic. Uh, Was that yeah. when it started? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, it happened. I uh, originally joined Again. in. Uh, November, they were struggling to find a drummer. Yeah, they found Sean that same year. No shit. <coughs> mm-hmm. And then Soundhoose, I found literally uh, Brandon through a Halloween party. I was gonna say, how long have you been friends with Brandon? Just uh, literally a little bit over a year. Really, mm-hmm. bro? You guys are all new. No shit. But you guys are like. I the thought you better. grew up with that guy. No, it just seems like it, dude. That's why I'm telling you. Like, I feel. You guys wow. should have been my high school friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, collectively, like, this is, like, the best part of my year. Yeah, yeah like, man. Right yeah. Um, uh, I, all right, hold on. Let's do this. 
Okay, so if we were that big group, right? If the, if the Voodoo Tribe was your all your high school friends, hand out superlatives to everybody. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Wait, what? Superlatives. So like, you know, like, uh, most, most likely to succeed. Most uh, artistic or most, uh, most likely to succeed. Most ugliest that car. Best most hair. likely to suck dick. Um, in <laughs> oh, Detroit. Uh, me. <laughs> Obviously me. I feel like it says something when all of us looked at you. <laughs> If there was ever a person who would. Most likely to succeed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's a typo that would really change things. <laughs> I actually, I had a really funny moment. I, I told Eric about it um, during the production design stuff mm-hmm. I do. And I, yeah. I like this guy. He's a good dude. Oh, yeah. But he. <laughs> Boy, I can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> so he, he has, he chews a lot of like sunflower seeds, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't like he kind of just spits them on the set and it's fine. It's not a big deal. Like, I don't care. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just it's cool. It's fine. But it's funny, you know, in some mm-hmm. ways. And, um, you know, he he we were walking past the set and he was just kind of like he sort of was like apologizing for it, even though yeah. he didn't really have to. Like, he's like, hey, man, he's like, you know, he's like, I hope this doesn't bother you. I'm sorry if like, you know you know the seeds get all over the floor and stuff i apologize you know and i just to bust his balls and crack a joke i go well i gotta admit man it's been quite a while since i've seen somebody spit that much seed out of their mouth but jesus (laughs) (laughs) how did he react he fucking laughed yeah Uh, he was like god damn is this the job you were gang boss on no no Uh, it's just this is the the musical thingy that we're that i'm doing oh no shit that i can't talk about no it's it's fine Um, now getting gang, getting, yeah. the boss getting the to you, Eric. He's the boss of the uh, gang. So the, I'm going to ask you now these two questions. What's the pandemic been like, and what has it taught you the most? Uh, How to be a switch. You want to like you want to know what the hell I was doing like when the pandemic happened? Yeah. It's a very weird story. I so <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't be a story from you if it wasn't a weird story. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I literally spent like two weeks. I was doing everything you shouldn't do during a pandemic, but I canceled. Literally, I, yeah. but like, it's just like nobody into, knew the virus was in the country at that cream. point. So, I literally was not home for like two weeks. I was just like hanging out with friends of mine from back home, mm. and I was like staying over one guy's place. I was like, "Yo, buddy, what's up?" Like, literally. Staying at a different person's house every night, just like you in their house. I, that's exactly <laughs> what I was doing. And then suddenly, uh, literally the night before, my buddy goes on purpose. The <laughs> night before, my buddy goes, "Yeah, he's like my stocks are doing wonderful." <laughs> and then the next day, I was like, "Dude, what are the chances?" Oh no, but, you it's know, his fault. I was like, everything is so fucked about this. Situation. Eric's like, like, I used to pack up sleeping bags and go into nursing homes. Like, yeah. he's like <laughs> doing everything. So when it happened, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm like, so what I did the di- the morning of, um, uh, I left my Just buddy's imagine place. Eric at an orphanage handing out baked goods. I was not individually packaged. I was working Uber because, you know, starving artist shit. Mm-hmm. And I, uh. I, I get on the road. I'm like, I really shouldn't be doing this during pandemic shit. I'm like, I just, but I need money because I'm like mm-hmm. broke as shit. And then, uh, <laughs> so I, I drove this one lady and she left a comment too. That's the best part about driving Uber is that people can leave personal comments. Yeah. And she goes, uh, she was like, he was such a nice man, very polite, patient with my kid and all that. And she had like a kid with her and all mm-hmm. that. And she brought him to school that morning. And then, um, and then uh, I was like, yeah, nah. I was like, I don't know. Cause like I, I have like a weird, uh, you know, it just basically what happened was uh, I started doing stuff like that less. I found, 
you know, uh, at one point. Um, I was half hoping you said I started doing meth. Yeah, yeah, meth, meth. <laughs> yeah, I, I basically. Methamphetamines. It, it resulted in me having more time to work uh, on the book that I've been writing. And it's funny because, like, like last September, mm-hmm. I spent, like, the entire month, like, every day just waking up, going to the computer and writing. Yeah. And that consistency is major when you're writing. Yeah. But like it's the best way to defeat writer's block is just write every day. Yeah, to just, like, do it, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, it becomes so natural. Yeah, That's the other yeah. thing, too, is that I've noticed, like, when I look at, like, things that I've written in the past, and then mm-hmm. I see, like, after having written the first version of my book and all that and having the first reader take a look at it, I'm like, it just kind of flows out of me easier mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And the way I look at writing scripts is different, and um, I look at story structure differently because when you're writing a book especially – you're looking at like the arc of one situation in a chapter and mm-hmm. then you're looking at the arc of the entire book and then mm-hmm. the arc of like maybe the first quarter of the book. Right. On. I mean, it's like you know? essentially like scenes inside of an entire screenplay. You know? Yeah. But it's like an arc within an arc within an arc and you're like Arc-ception. looking at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're looking at how you're introducing things about a character to make it so that there's payoff later or yeah. stuff like that. You know? Yeah. And like that Chekhov's gun shit. Yeah, how to <laughs> genuinely take your reader by surprise and all that. That's yeah. right. We read books out in this motherfucker, Paul. We <laughs> were laughing and shit. <laughs> I think it's the way you said it. Which just, just one big comedian. What can I say, bro? You're just yeah, a one funny dude. I'm not trying. I'm not trying. <laughs> Tim's a little hungover, so my, my delivery's very different. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you guys have fun last night? <laughs> they they, they oh, showed you, up. Uh, I was you working. guys have a promoter for your band, by the way. I don't know if you know this. Uh, Eddie is a stellar promoter. Yeah, when I'm Eddie's, drunk. Eddie's shtick when he's drunk, <laughs> he walks up to people and he goes, "We do on the 17th. <laughs> he puts no his arm up on the wall. No explanation. He's yeah, just, just leaning. So we do on the seventeenth. Yeah. <laughs> and we're outside. And the guy's like, "I I, I don't know. I, I don't I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, but what are you doing? <laughs> I'm not sure. Like I don't know. I don't have, I don't know if I have any plans. I don't I don't think I have any plans. Why? He's, he's like, like what's you know, like what's, what's happening me? on the seventeenth? He doesn't tell them what's going on the seventeenth. <laughs> this is this is how it plays out. Why? What's going on the seventeenth? We got a band. That's it. That's all he says. <laughs> we got a band. Yeah. It gives him this look like I know. But it, I know. it's funny because that it's could mean cool, any. Huh? It could go in any direction. It's like, what are you doing on the seventeenth? Why? You want to fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> watching watching people react to him was so gold because I was like, they have no fucking clue where this is gonna go right now. But that and you could see some people were like, I kind of want to know what's happening on the seventeenth, and then other people were like, I, just fucking tell me so you can get the fuck away from me. <laughs> and then the fact that he never explained it was just we're in a band, bro. But most of them gave me their numbers and were like, dude, let me know. Remind see, it worked me. out. It, does, it worked yeah. out because they. Think oh no! Then one girl, he just hands her a fucking voodoo guitar pick. Nice. No explanation. <laughs> what are you doing seventeenth? Why? What's happening seventeenth? like it's her fucking golden ticket into the Wonka factory like he's like it's a secret thing she's like i don't even know where i'm supposed to go with this i don't play guitar like what am i supposed to do with this he goes like no further questions mic drop (laughs) he's like sorry i gotta get i gotta get in the shuttle we're going back to back to back to set yeah (laughs) set the concert call me (laughs) sorry i got sound check i gotta go hell yeah dude yeah I mean, it was hilarious. What are you doing the 17th? Um, I think I'm actually PAing that day, and I'm coming to see you guys afterwards. Yeah, we're yeah. On a PA job. it's gonna be a good night. <clears throat> Nine o'clock. 
Not a clock? Uh, yeah, well, that's when, yeah, that's when we play. Oh, perfect. Fuck like, yeah. yeah. That's all I care for. We're going to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just leave. We yeah. flip everybody. I up. always do that. Hey, I don't All you it. other bands, fuck you. <laughs> I, like, I yeah, but I, you should feel bad because a lot of bands fucking left the last oh, time that. we went. Uh, that night we went, uh, that Dave invited us out. Oh, sure. There was a bunch of bands. I was like, oh, they're just leaving, huh? I mean, I'm joking. All the other bands are cool, and these guys seem nice. I actually met one of the bands that plays before us the other night. Really? Yeah, they they play. They have like the eight something slot. Uh, okay, and they're right. Which band was that? Fuck, I forget their name. They're good dudes, though. <coughs> was um, the guy who was like pro great energy man? No, it's different. Different. Uh, I met them that night that I went out to uh, hang with Dave at the Universal oh, yeah, Bar yeah. Grill. Yeah, yeah. So um, right on. Shout out to they Dave. Have, they have right on, dude. Fuck yeah. Shout at the out Universal to Bar and Grill, they source all of the uh, the produce from all around the universe. Yeah, wow. that's wow. why it's called wow. the Universal wow. Bar and Grill. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shout out you know, to Warrior Dave. And their fortune Dave. cookies are uh, very on the nose, though, for me. Um, everything is, you know, the universe has this for you. Yeah. yeah. The universe wills it. The dark matter brownies. Yep, that was pretty good though. Oh yeah, good. oh yeah. I mean, I'm it excited. really like feel empties up the stomach, you know. I <laughs> love the Cosmopolitans. <laughs> I feel like they need to just listen to seven episodes. I, I put up my cup down. and I said, "Hey, fill me with some Beetlejuice, bro." <laughs> it's the name of a star that's literally gonna like blow up in our okay, lifetime. Okay, now that's you've awesome. gotten too fucking nerdy. It, I, so you've gone too genuinely, deep. <laughs> no, no, that, that's actually really true. It's like, gonna blow a, up in our lifetime. Apparently, it's gonna go supernova at some point, and like, gonna, like when it does, like, it's gonna be like visible. It's gonna make the night like nighttime will be kind of bright. It'll How seem close like is it though? Because if time, so does that mean it already happened, but we're waiting for the light to get here? Well, it's just it's showing signs of like basically like I- I'm gonna blow up, and we're like, okay, well, when are you gonna blow up? It's like ah, sometime within like the next like hundred, two hundred years. I feel like that star so. is Earth's dad, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna pick you up at six, <laughs> and then the kids gotta go back in the house at nine, and like it's okay, buddy. Well, maybe next time. I'll be there. I just, I got to talk to a lady <laughs> down at the bar. I also, you made it feel so dramatic. Like, I hope when it happens, you're like, yeah, it'll be like a little bit brighter at nighttime. I hope that, like, just the idea of it, it'll be a little bit brighter. Like a star exploded in a supernova in our galaxy, in our lifetime. You could see it. And outside, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like a little flash. It's like, <laughs> like I got to take bomb. a fucking picture I feel like that's, <laughs> I feel like that's always what happens when you see those things yeah. where it's like, this moon is coming out at this time. You should do- go outside and look at it. You're like, yeah. It's just the moon. Although in high it's school, the there moon. was like this crazy blood moon thing that happened. I forget what that shit was called. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It blood happened. Moons. It was like 2008. And I remember that shit being really cool. We saw yeah, blood moons I, are cool. Chase and I saw a blood moon together once. Yeah. Shout out to Chase and Parker. Chase and Parker. Chase and Parker. We, uh, or did either one of you turn to a vampire or werewolf after that? No, we just turned into Bostonians in that moment. <laughs> and we went, <laughs> the, the, the moon the werewolf. just started doing hand signs. We watch all our Boston look movies. Look at this fucking let's, uh, blood moon. Let's get. write a movie called The Boston Werewolf. I'm actually It'll watching be like American Werewolf in a Paris. Boston, or it's placed in Boston. Uh, it's called Mystic River. Yeah, oh, yeah. so good. It's weird. Dude. That's my daughter. Yeah, that's my daughter. Yeah, Is that my daughter? It's, it's, a, <laughs> so it, it's just weird because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. When I saw Sean Penn, I I, I literally watched yeah. Fast Times in Ri- in Richmond oh, yeah. High. And so I'm just like, dude, it's just Macaulay. Wait, is transitioning into yeah, this fucking. Yeah. Insane. Dude, he's good in that movie, man. He's good in that movie. He says wild shit though, man. Like I read a thing the other day's article where he said, um, oh god, he was like, men are being over feminized. I was like, okay, all right, sure, sure. And then you go, but the next part he goes, it's because of coward genes that oh, you really? wear skirts. I oh, was like, wait, like coward genetics? What do you mean coward genetics? Like, I don't think there's a genetic like makeup for like being a coward. 
No. It was like, yeah, right there. You see those chromosomes? Those are sissy coward chromosomes. <laughs> right there. Those are those sissy are sissy, bitch. dumb, dumb coward chromosomes. Dumb, dumb. Like when I read somebody say something like that, I immediately imagine that like in a battle of wits, that's how they would insult you. It's like, yeah, well, you're you're a fucking you're dumb. You get, fucking dumb, you dumb go, idiot. You go to like loser. Tw- you go on twenty three and me, and they go, and we found out that you have the pussy gene. Yeah, you're a bitch ass. You've got twenty five percent bitch ass nigga in you. Wow. <laughs> like, it's so, like, bro, what do you mean? What do you mean? And then, and then to try to be like, oh, because you have cowardly genetics, that's why you wear skirts. What? I feel like, I feel like, people that feel this way just need to go ahead and put the skirt on. You know what I mean? And well, they live in home. a traditional. Uh, their own traditional values. Yeah, uh, they they grew up in a different time. I think that that's why some of these people are still stuck in their yeah. own, own. Which ways. is like okay, sure, but like, uh, th- th- like to pull up and like like throw wild claims at people because of what they choose to put on. Like, why do you give a fuck what somebody else is wearing to begin? Yeah, with? Yeah, that cares. that's a little Who overboard. Cares? Who cares? Yeah, it's like I want to wear a skirt. I want a fucking skirt. Yeah, it's like <laughs> saying nobody. that's like saying to him like, yo, why is your nose yeah. fucking big as a crow? You know. <laughs> or like, yo, what if he likes to wear leather jackets? Oh, like, you know, let him wear the leather jacket. Cool. Hey, like, one of the best shows Voodoo ever played, Paul and I were wearing a skirt. So we killed it. Oh, was this when you guys did um, the so, Scooby-Doo thing? Yeah, that was pretty good. We were hot that night. We were so yeah. hot. People were telling me, he's like, you guys are the hottest bitch in, in, in like this fucking whole we show. We were. We oh, were the shit. best looking chicks there. Yeah, they literally thought we were chicks. And I'm wow. like, hell yeah, we could pull it off. So oh, I could have had 10 dicks in me and been. <laughs> I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known. Where would you have put all of them? Where? <laughs> yeah. Well, in the back of my trunk. In, me. in the back of your trunk. Is that slang? Is that supposed, are you being cute right now? Yeah. <laughs> well, he has two so orifices. That I don't know why I sounded like a principal in. just then. <laughs> is that slang? You trying to be cute? Wise yeah. ass. <laughs> so, you want detention? <laughs> you know uh, where you're going? Not a bad path. Maybe. Look at the friends you hang out with. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Like, <laughs> Paul's drum stool. It's because the rock music, isn't it? Yeah, hey. You smoke crack, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you fucking thug. You're a punk. I just thought about Morgan Freeman in that movie. What's Did that you? movie called? Which one? I forget now. He plays the principal, I and he has the, he takes the, the the chubby kid up on the roof, and he's like, "Jump! You smoke crack, don't jump? <laughs> then jump!" I'm like, "Dude, I, I get what you, I get the point you're making, but fuck, that is extreme." <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm like, this seems like a good way to get fired. Yeah. Like, listen, I I get your point. You know, you want this kid to stop doing these harsh drugs that will ruin his life and effectively kill him in time. But maybe walking him up to the top of a multi-floor school and telling him to jump off, probably not the best way to teach somebody. The kid, the kid goes, yeah. you know oh, what? Good fuck. point. Yeah, <laughs> what if the kid would have been like, he's right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then the credits just roll. So, Lance, how long have uh, you been acting? Uh, since high school, actually. Um Although there's a fair case to be made that I've been acting a fool since I was born. Right. Um, so, yeah, for audience that doesn't know who you are, yeah. uh, let's uh, get into this next uh, segment. Yeah, uh, get to know uh, Mr. Williams. In 1980. <laughs> in Delaware. I'm Lance Williams. I am an actor and a writer. What um, got you into acting? Uh, I, so when I was a kid, um, we used to stay at my grandmother in Virginia Beach in the summer times. Uh, it was just great because like we had a big family on my father's side, so like all the cousins would come, and like we had cousins oh. who just lived there, other cousins who would come to visit. Uh, and it was nice you get to spend like a whole summer with just all these other kids and sort of our age range, just running around outside and just getting into shit, right? Um, so my sister and I would stay with my grandmother, and one night I couldn't sleep. Uh, my grandmother was kind of woman was very strict. Like if you got up in the middle of the night and came out, you're probably gonna get like popped on the head, sent back to bed. Yeah. Uh, but for, for whatever reason, this one particular night I couldn't sleep. She didn't mind. Uh, and she was watching a movie, 
Um, and she had me like go get these little mandarin oranges out of the cabinet. I come sit with her. She pours a little bowl. We're eating the mandarins, which blew my mind because for the longest time I just thought that, like they were baby oranges. I didn't know that like that was a different fruit. A mandarin with an orange. I figured that out yesterday. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> bro, like, bro, you're no mind shit, blowing really. me. What an idiot! This guy's such an idiot. Whoa. Um, but <laughs> so she's watching this movie, right? And um, I think she was watching Jesus of Nazareth with like Charlton Heston, and she just starts like breaking things down, explaining like what's happening, what the actors are doing, the motivations. Like, oh, this guy doesn't want to baptize Christ because he feels like he's not good enough to be able to like baptize the chosen one, basically. Yeah. Right. And she's explaining this insecurity that he has. And at the time, right, there's a lot of these words I, that mean nothing to me. But I was grasping the context of that, this thing that I was looking at, this was acting. This was a job that could be done. It's like movies just weren't things like just that existed on shelves. You could just pop in and watch and that was it. And like, like somebody had to make these things. And at age five, like that's it's kind of a major breakthrough to have where you realize like, oh, people came together as a group and did this. And that thing that I like, that's a job that I can do one day. Okay. Uh, and so that just kind of opened it up for me. And then from then on, I was like, that's what I want to do. That's it. Nothing else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then in high school, I did plays, uh, ballet, all that stuff, a lot of dancing. And after college, um, I just was like, all right, we did the trade school thing, got my trade because, you know, come from a blue collar world, it's like have a backup plan. Okay. Um, and so after that was done, I was like, all right, back to the acting then. Yeah. And, and, I haven't, and ever I haven't since then, since. Uh, have you been involved with movies? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Eddie and I actually have done a bunch of short films together. Yeah, dude. Ton, what what ton. are those like <clears throat> when you're in. You know, like short films? Yeah, being part of the short films. Well, when you start out, it's it's tough because you really don't know what to expect from it. Okay. And as time goes on, you just get more and more comfortable. But you have such a short window of time to play with. Okay. That I feel like it's almost great for every actor starting out to do short films because as you get into bigger projects, your your parts or your roles are probably going to be small. Okay. Right? Um, and, and having the experience of being in short films, every part and role is essentially small. Well, small in size. Uh, not importance, but just in, in size, how much time you have in the movie, right? Okay. So you learn to make the most of it, uh, and you learn how to develop an arc, even in a little bit amount of time. Sure. And so then, when you go into bigger projects, you still have that finite amount of time. Which you go, I know how to like make this feel full, you know. Um, and so I think that that having those experiences with Eddie and like being in Boston and sort of getting passed around through like every student film uh, that was going on, whether it was Tufts or Emerson or BU. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, that should just really kind of taught me so much about the performance, about how to build those characters, about how to shape that. And, and then the training too. Like I, uh, I used to train under Richard Bailey at the New England Actors Workshop in, in Boston when, when they used to have it. Uh, and at the time, I mean, it, it, we did Miser Technique and he just blew my mind. Like I thought I was good before then. And it just showed me, I was like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing at all. Yeah. And how to like actually find something and not just phone it in. Is that one of the techniques you use for your uh, performances? Like, I, I, think, I think there's things or I pull on, you know. Um, okay. There's never really one particular thing. Uh, it's, it's more like you, you, go, you go get the education. Like right now I train a lot with John Marklin um, and train the groundlings. And so there's a lot of yeah. things that you just pull from little tidbits and it kind of like shapes this. The, they use the analogy a lot of like it's like a tool belt and here's all these different tools, right? Yeah. John's fucking great, by the way. Yeah, John's amazing. John's man. awesome. Nice. I, Hands down, like my my favorite person to learn from when it comes to this this craft. I mean, it's just same. It's, it's fucking profound. Yeah. You know? What uh, are some of the challenges as an artist that you go through? You know. Oh man. Money. Ha having having Being to broke. Perfect. Well, essentially, <laughs> broke I, 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 yeah. I sent, uh, you know, <laughs> like outside of that, yeah. Um, it can be real fucking lonely, man, because you know, like, I'm 32. 
you know, like you at some point you're like, I want to start a family. I'd like to, you know, have like a, a meaningful long term relationship again. You know, right. Um, it's been a couple of years since my last one. And I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm just cu- getting curious about those things again. But then there's part of you goes like, ah, but like, you know, is that going to change anything? Is that going to get in the way of stuff? And then the other side of you goes like, oh, but that might deepen me. You know, like maybe the, what, the, what am I going to learn, experience and grow? How am I what, what, what is that experience going to teach me? And like, how's that going to change me? Like. You know, and you think like, wow, like what kind of artist will I be then? You yeah. Know? Like how amazing would that be? So you kind of do this this weird tightrope walk of this thing, hoping to God you just get to the other side. Okay. Groundbreaking. What is groundbreaking to you? What is groundbreaking going, to you? On the other side, you're going, all right, uh, I'm your step bro. That's, your uh, step bro. That's, that's where you are. My, that's, what? That's your role in the film. It's <laughs> your step bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's you <laughs> on the other side. What are you uh, doing, step bro? Oh God, no! I don't know, stepsister. You guys would take it. Like, to can porn. you imagine being like, "Hello, actual bro." What? Hello, biological brother. Yeah, yeah. learning how what, to fuck what? on camera so really was one of the most. There's like so many <laughs> questions like I have, but like, what differentiates difference you from other actors? How how do you oh, man. how just, do you place I'm yourself? Just, I'm just incredibly fucking handsome. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love that. No, actually, uh, yeah, how do you no. differentiate yourself? And you know, yeah, that's a that's a really good question. He's wildly mediocre. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm very subpar. Oh. <laughs> subpar. No, I honestly think I, I'm having worked with Lance so much. Mm. I think I'm probably better at answering that. Yeah, please. Um, Talk about me. Yeah. Is, <laughs> so, you know, I've I've gotten I've had the chance to work with a, a wide range of people. And uh, even some some people that are famous, you know, and I think with Lance, the the biggest thing that separates him because I he I've said it repeatedly and I'll repeat it a billion times is that he's my favorite actor. And it's true. And I've, I've been lucky enough to work with him a million times or, you know, several times. And I think the reason why I I enjoy not only working with him, but also watching him in the shit that he does is one <clears throat> one of the most important things of acting is listening and he's in the fucking the best listener i've ever i because i'm a weird like i'll throw curveballs and monkey wrenches into shit all the time and not everybody can go along with that nobody goes along with shit like lance does yeah. and the other thing is is being fully committed to the character mm-hmm. some people have one foot in yeah. one foot out and Lance doesn't do that. Lance says he's created a character that has a life created through the script, outside of the script, and he embodies it fully. And it's totally organic and real, and he commits to it fully and doesn't question. You know, he might question after the fact, like, oh, was that good? I don't know. But in the moment, he's it just in it. He's yeah, in I, it. I have, I have, like, a prime example. Like, having worked with Lance as well as a director and yes talk more about me good yes, yes, good yes, good I feel like I've um, just I've just like symbioted my way into all your brains <laughs> and managed to get you all looped into this fucking circle work where you just all talk about me well yeah this is getting to know you this is getting to know you that's why and yeah, the other yeah. thing too really quick before Eric makes his point huge cock get the but anyway fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Paul's like, God damn it! One of, one of the, Have fun uh, editing this. <laughs> this <laughs> isn't about anyone's cock. The uh, the thing that I I found uh, interesting about working with Lance and Eddie, and most of the people that you guys have associated with mm-hmm. have actually been pretty salt about yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of uh, people that you meet when you're doing like student films, like back when I was living in New York, 
and they want to be a celebrity they want to be famous and they want to just like have mm-hmm. attention on them they don't actually enjoy bringing a character to life mm. and there was a uh, it's funny because I've had because Lance was like like you know he just has like a very mature uh thing about him he's also got like this like young looking face so he has like a lot of versatility in like his range so he kind of um i've had him in situations where like he's a young dad and i've also had him in situations where he's literally <laughs> like uh like a, a like a demon god thing. oh yeah into <laughs> yes yeah. fire in the void yeah thing. that the thing the funny thing about it was i still feel like that movie deserves a hair metal soundtrack <laughs> it does now the the way that um he would do it is he would just show up and he would be ready for it i didn't need to direct him that much all i had to tell him was like you know so think about this right your character's in this situation he'd be like oh yeah, yeah good point and he would be able to logic it out like the thing is because he's focused on the aspect of bringing a character to life, he doesn't uh, just worry. He doesn't like worry about how the light's hitting his face if it's like defining his jawbone enough to be, you know, cast in other things later and yeah. his modeling yeah. career and shit. Yeah. He's thinking about uh, living in the moment, like Eddie said, reacting mm. and listening. And it's nice to have that because there are occasions where you have people behaving in a way that's that feels like it's not genuine because of the fact that they are one foot in in terms of like playing the character saying the lines you know but one foot out because they're thinking about their career and they're it's not like thinking the vanity about and shit yeah you know? how does the shot yeah. make me look are yeah, you yeah, getting like, things yeah. like that yeah. You know? yeah it's like the people that like go back and want to watch monitor like i i, I just never been interested it's like, in going back to the monitor about that you know yeah, yeah. it's right. one thing if you have a director who's like hey come take a look at this yeah you know whether they're like hey this was really good come look yeah. You're like, okay, yeah, you asked me to for sure. Like, I'm not going to be like, no, fuck off. I, I don't look at myself work. No, like, right, oh, of course right. I'll come over there with yeah, you. Yeah, you stay like, away. Yeah. You shy away yeah, from the pretentious, like, yeah, potentially pretentious absolutely. side. Absolutely. Because it could be a thing of like, let me show you what I'm talking about. This thing you're doing here, right? Like, just, you know, it could be a note, you know, maybe that's their oh. best way to, to express it. Like, oh, just come look at this thing with me real quick, you know? Um, I, I would hope that what differentiates me from other actors, and it's, it's, it's never going to be me against the world in this way i think there's a ton of people that are this way but i hope this if anything will put me one day among the greats is just work ethic that's it like just work ethic just putting in the time just trying to stay focused staying dedicated to it Uh, i hope that that in itself will at least get me to get me to where i want to be in this career well your focus is in the right area too yeah 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 Yeah. man Uh, that's it like I, i i hope that that just gets me in with the greats uh, and puts me in a position that, you know, when I see other cats that are doing like what we've done for years, just trying to, you know, dig and claw our way through this, that I can, you know, turn around and go, like, come on, and, you know, and pick other people up and, br- and bring them up to that space. What, what defines you as an actor? Um, I think like a, lo- a lot of my own personal experiences, you know, um, whether that be childhood or, or even contemporary day-to-day moments and just meeting people and they're just being very curious. I think you always have to remain curious about just, every aspect of life and humanity you know having compassion for other people having empathy you know and 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 a a ton of self-awareness to be able to check your own shit yeah oh okay do do you have any specific pet peeves about other actors because it it, 
from what he brought up, it, it almost sounds like there's two sides of actors. Mm-hmm. There's either the pretentious, glamorous. It's all about the you know yeah. the, the look. But then yeah. there's the hardworking actors. Like, well, I think there's a, there's a lot of different types of actors. You know, you can definitely get people that their focus is the glamour. You can get people who their mm-hmm. focus is that they want to go so deep that like yeah. you can't even look at them. And like <laughs> I, I, you know, whatever we get out of it in the back end, if, if it gives something great for the story, that's awesome. But I think when it gets to a point where you're so concerned and hyper fixated on these little things that really make you get to this special secret place that only you are tapped into, yeah. and it starts kind of like slowing the production down or becoming an, an, an you a need to deterrent. be an effective actor. Yeah, it's like yeah. if you're slowing things down or you're messing up the rhythm on set, not because it's about you. I think then you're putting yourself and your desires yeah. over the story. Okay. Because you're like, oh, I have to get this story. this way, and like, I know what I need. And like, yeah. sure, as actors, like, we all have things that we need to help us get to a certain place and elevate. But I think there's a way to have those things and understand that while I need these things, or this gets this keeps me focused, or this is how I stay locked in it. I have to be able to communicate. I have to be able to work with people. And everybody on this job wants to have a good time. Sure. You know, if you're difficult, it's like, come on, man. Like, don't yeah. make anybody's job hard. Right? Yeah. Because, like, no one here wants to make your job hard. Sure. You know, um, and then th- and then the people that are just not prepared, you know, like the people who uh, maybe they're really good or they've had a lot of success and that gets them into a certain position and you show up to work with them and they're not ready. Right. Like, they just don't know their shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's frustrating because then you're like, dude, what the fuck? Come on. Like, you know, we're all here to work and you don't have your shit ready. You know what I mean? They're not and, being and, a team player. Right. It's like you're dropping the ball because now our shit is slowing down or maybe that messes up the scenes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this doesn't play. This doesn't work as good because, like, ah, this stuff here just doesn't fit. This this, this, this isn't it. So we got to cut that stuff. You know what I mean? And, like, the the impact ripples outward. Sure. You know? So And it's just it's also frustrating because, like, you show up and if – let's use lines just as a great example. If I show up and I don't know my lines and the person up across from me has their shit perfectly down 100 percent down i i'm i'm not uh, what can i give them what can i really offer them in that scene nothing because like, i don't know my shit it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um like everybody kind of has to you know be serving the story and yeah. if somebody is too focused on themselves mm-hmm. and not the story yeah it negatively impacts everybody mm-hmm. else and then you're making a shit picture at the end of the day right. and i've seen occasions uh where People have been, you know, like a cinematographer, for example, let's say, mm-hmm. and they're not thinking about, you know, the story. They're thinking about their cinematography reel. Yeah. They're trying to yeah. get beautiful shots, and they're all gorgeous looking. Right, right, right. But you literally can't cut a cohesive picture to all those shots, right. and as a result, you've literally screwed the entire picture. Yeah. Now you're like, what? You have some like cool looking shit on your reel, yeah, but and then but a- the thing the with the reels day, is like you want to show you can tell a story. Yeah, like if you're not if you are on a project and it's not an official final project that they can go see and then go, oh wow, those were effective shots. Right. It yeah. was that was maybe a boring shot. It didn't look like anything fantastic, but you know what? The effect that it had on me right. was right. huge. Right. Cause like maybe right. you know one character is dominating the frame in a way that's really 100%. unique and it makes you feel like, oh my God, they're scary. And look at the lighting on yeah. his face and everything. George you know? and I just talked about the idea of being effective versus being boring because we watched yeah. uh, House of Gucci and we were talking about Jared Leto. And while there are performances and things that Jared Leto does sometimes that I feel are a little bit over the top, I still have so much respect for what he does because he's taking a risk and he's making choices. Yeah. And as you know, I would rather be Jared Leto every day of the week than to be an uh, actor giving a performance that is very unremarkable, very unmemorable. You know, like, it, it, I think that what he does is always servicing the story, 
but he's also I mean, he's making choices and taking risks. You know, right, like, sure. And I feel like as long as you're as long as you're servicing this story, great, man. If it feels a little over top in this scene, uh, it might be distracting for a sec. But I, but I get why he's doing. I get like you know he's going for something here, and and some people don't. Some people don't like fucking swing for the fences. So I'm like, I'm not gonna hate on somebody that is. There's a lot of cats that are very effective without going crazy. But when there's a guy or gal who goes nuts to try to get to the thing, I'm like, hey, cool, man. You know, like you're taking the you're taking a risk. You're giving it something. You know, yeah. takes balls. <laughs> <laughs> favorite project you've ever uh, you've worked? Oh, man. Favorite project. Um, it's one of mine, isn't it? In terms of <laughs> short films. <laughs> uh, in terms of short films, uh, we did a short film called um, American Fish Trap back in the day. That I had a really, really good time on. Um, I think it was just like so, so great, like sharing so much um, time on a production with so many of our friends. And we would go way out deep into West Texas and stay off the land a little bit. And it just, it was also like one of the, uh, a role where I got to really steep myself deep into the character, which was a fun exploration. Um, Sleep felt like summer together. camp. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely did. Absolutely felt like did. Asses to asses, nuts to butts. Nice. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite um, project for you? Oh, um, in what what artistic avenue? Uh, acting. Acting. Um, for bigger things, I got to do a pilot for HBO that was really cool. Uh, and I got to work with Gus Van Zant <coughs> while I did that. That was really cool. For stuff that is more on the short film independent side of things, um, we did, Lance and I did a short for Eric that uh, was for one of his classes where. Um, so, on Baby Ian? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Mm. What is that called again? Uh, we can relate. Yeah, we can relate. Right, right, right. And yeah. it was it was a character that you know was something that I <laughs> had never got to play anything even remotely <laughs> like that. Um, and it was sort of a an intimate moment, not like uh you know oh. sexually intimate, but like an intimate, softer moment between Lance and I. Whereas so many of Lance and I working together, moments have always been very intense, like uh. There's a lot of either like violence or it's, you know, yeah. fast paced, mm. uh, you know, stuff that it was one of the few times working with Lance where it was very just um, tender. tender. It was it was mm. uh, something very relatable, I think, for a lot of people. Sure. And uh, and it was yeah, it was just a beautiful moment. That whole project was l really fun to work on. And, and it was good because uh, Eric got to showcase it to Werner Herzog, the director. Hell yeah. He dropped something. And oh and yeah. he loved it. He dropped it. He loved it. <laughs> he thought that Eric's film was great. He thought yeah. Lance and I were good in it. So it was, you know, that was a huge honor to hear that. Yeah. Uh yeah, one of the funny things is he goes, uh he's like, Well clearly you are working with professional actors. <laughs> they know what they are doing. I'm like <laughs> Yeah, they do. I'll be sure to tell them. Well, but part of that too, <laughs> Eric, you're you're a very good writer, dude. You're and uh, you I've heard are you're a good writer, bro. He's fucking great. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I've been writing a book. No, but <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, like this would be a bad time to find out you're not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the funniest thing about that one too was um like I tried to like have 
it's funny because I started out in acting because like I had no other avenue of like doing anything film related back then. And I was like, uh, so I, I know what it's like, cause especially we started with improv, you and me, Eddie. Yeah. And um, so like I respect uh, the process of, of acting in that kind of way where it's a little bit more you're trusting the actor to do their job and mm. surprise you with something unique and different. And uh, I like doing that with other aspects as well. But the um, when I was like kind of just directing them, I was basically like, yeah, so like you guys know the lines as clearly because they show up and they did their homework and everything. And yeah. uh, but at the same time, allowing them to riff with each other and just like, you know, say things, you know, that aren't in the script. It's a guideline. It's not like, you know, like a movie. They say a movie gets written three times, which that was the prime example of it. I wrote the script. You guys had the script, you showed up, you said some things that weren't in the script. Yeah. And as a result, that way the movie was being written again. And then in post, when I was editing it, I had to choose what were the lines that I wanted to have omitted. Mm -hmm. And so it was written three times, once in pre-production, during production, and then post-production. Yeah. Uh, But the fact that I let you guys go like that, there was a lot of material there that was really nice. And you guys got to really feel like you're in the moment, Mm -hmm. in the situation. Uh, and I think the sound work was actually probably the most entertaining. Uh, the color correction, I intentionally chose to have a nostalgic feeling that I personally feel about. I, I remember I was telling you about something regarding that, but uh, it's kind of derailing from the subject. But the sound design in particular, <laughs> uh, I had to, because I was doing so much cutting and all that, I had to make it so that, like, I was cutting things in a way so that, uh, you know, things weren't interfering with each other and put like this, uh, this track that was basically like a room tone sort of thing. Yeah. And then, uh, adding things that weren't there. It was the middle of the winter, but I wanted to have birds chirping cause it just felt right. And, uh, so like there were aspects to it and I managed to get the audio to cut in a way, even though if you heard the stuff without the way that I ed- edited it, <laughs> It would have been like, yeah, uh, uh, like you just would, you'd hear it. You yeah. would hear the cut. Mm-hmm. But I managed to like fade things off and all that in a way that made it so that everything seemed like it was all just one continuous scene. Mm. And I think what's funny about it is that that felt like the most uh, relieving thing to witness was to see the whole thing play out and go like, that feels like it all just happened that way rather than you know, understanding that there was literally like a half hour of conversation that was cut out of it to be put into like a five minute short. Squished in. And it's like when you have that final result, that feels so good. Yeah, it's funny too with acting, an editor is either your best friend or your worst enemy because a shitty editor can, you know, he'll take your worst shit and put it in there. And then Mm. a good editor will take out all your worst shit and fucking only show the best shit and make you look fucking amazing. You could have been like, oh, my God, I don't know how I felt about that. Oh, God, that scene yeah. was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, God, I'm killing it here. Yeah. 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 I think a good editor has got to be, again, as with every other every position uh, in, in film or ma- making a film, mm-hmm. it's got to be f- uh, story focused. Yeah. Because you know? I think if, if a editor is story focused and can kind of feel the, the rhythms and the beats of, of that story, then – they're gonna naturally find w- what's the best thing from your performances, right? You know, yeah. even yeah. if it's not like 
oh, this take's better than that take. But in terms of this take, you might feel like, oh, that's shit. But they go, yeah, but if I put this here like this, this actually makes the story work really well. And then when the audience watches, they go, oh, that's a fucking great take. You're like, oh, fuck, I thought that was bad. But yeah, but the way you put it together, now this works, you know? Yeah, okay. I think every good filmmaker, regardless of what aspect of film they're working in, Mm -hmm. the whole point in whatever craft it is that you're doing should be focused in on serving the story. You shouldn't be... If you're scoring the movie, it shouldn't be about, like, check out this fucking thick thing I made. Like, it should serve the story. Uh, If you're acting, don't make it all about you. You should serve the story. If you're editing, don't make it about, like, cool editing tricks that you're doing. It should serve the fucking story, you know? Okay, cool. Yeah. It's like we were talking earlier about uh, The Dark Knight Rises, and there's, like, this chant at one point um, in the score from Hans Zimmer. And it's actually the chant when Bruce Wayne is climbing up, and then when like the uh, the kid is climbing up out of the the the, se- the prison. And I remember looking at it recently, like the the chant actually means something. I forget what it is now, but it translates to something they're actually saying to like kind of like help motivate this person. And that fact that Hans like put incorporated this into the score as this thing where it's like they could they could have took the route of like oh we're gonna just get everybody to do the chanting and we're gonna to do it like a very more authentic this is coming from these people right here sure but to incorporate that into the score so it's just this like overwhelming swelling thing I mean it's just like it's brilliant like and again that serves mm. the story right because in that moment yeah. this music the sound it just builds this anticipation you have for like oh my god is he gonna make it you know builds that yeah. intensity. My God, 100%, 100%, 100%. so much. Sounds everything in movies, man. Everything. Woo! Dark Knight. It's the same. Woo! It's the shit. same. Uh, shit, man. Me and Donald went to okay, see Larry. the picture recently. <laughs> Woo! I, I honestly approached went to the drive-in, back to four by four. Okay, up. <laughs> I approach, we like to use that little pool. We like to use that pool floaty for the back of the pickup because it's more comfortable. <laughs> so, anyways, we're Donna's got sciatica, so she's got to revisit it at random moments. That's called the callback. He does it like every day. I uh, when it comes to writing writing a lot of the songs for Voodoo, I kind mm. of approach it the same way yeah. in the sense that like, you know, there's moments like think about the whole beginning of Gone, right? It's it's a pretty long intro. That's our longest song, and there's a huge chunk of time where I'm not doing Jack Diggity shit. Yeah, like I like that Jack Diggity shit. You know what I'm diggity saying diggity. though? Like I'm <laughs> not, you know, like. <laughs> To serve the song, it is, I mean, yeah, we could incorporate percussions and cool shit like that. I'd love to do that at some point. Yeah. But um, in terms of like for now, I'm not doing anything for a good chunk of time until the verse. Like it's like a minute and a half of me not doing anything. And that's what serves the song. It'd be a lot better than if I went up there and was just like, while you guys are playing, being like, yeah. Like, like, fuck yeah. that. That yeah. would be lame. Yeah. Like, you know. You'd true. be like, look at me. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, there's yeah. times where you do have to step up and be mm. the guy who does the thing. Like, you know, um, there's moments where, like, in uh, the parts where it kind of cuts in the yeah. bridge. Mm. That's that's where I have to step up because the silence that you guys are providing. And then you come in and you wrote in your fills and after, like, the third pause, which are sick. You know, that and it fits, right? It's not something where it's like, oh, look at how fucking sick Paul is 24-7. What makes you stand out as sick is knowing, like, this is when I should do that. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it serves the song. It's and like timing, man. Yeah. 
It's it's fucking cool. He is a director for the band, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I always approach it. It's actually him. wicked funny to see him like interact with all that. I'm like, see, now you feel my pain. I was like, yeah, now yeah. you know. He goes, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, because it's like five Eddies. It's literally like a bunch of people <laughs> yeah. that can't fucking focus for five minutes. No. And they're like, <laughs> and the other night, I'm like, God damn it, Ed. I'm like, now you get it. He goes, oh, I see now. Yeah, that's Donna weird. says I got that problem with focus too, but I'm trying to work on it. I got the uh, uh, the what's that? The Ritalin. Ritalin. You taking Ritalin? Taking the Ritalin. Well, last two minutes. Um, bit of a light. Blur. Well, just to f- to further that note, though, I gotta say, uh, it's easy in a lot of ways being that role with you guys because you're all such great musicians. So. I don't feel like it's over. Like I, I don't sit there and fret too much because it's very easy to be like, you know, yeah, these guys pick. There's times where you pick shit up, and I'm like, this is gonna be, I think, more challenging, and you know, we'll really have to focus in. And then it's like 30 minutes into the fucking rehearsal, you guys have it locked in, and I'm like, oh, it's like I was saying about okay. when well, directing Lance. Yeah. yeah, I was like, you know, like if he was doing something that I'm like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe not that. And then I'd be like, well, think about it because this character feels this way or whatever. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he'd like ingest it and be like, okay. And he'd just execute it well because he's good at doing his job. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is that the band is good at doing their individual Yeah, they're jobs. all just good. They're yeah. all talented. Yeah. I hope yeah. I'm okay at it too, but I so know good. my fellows are. So. <laughs> so good. So good. You're trash. Yeah, I suck. Trash. I suck. Got Dick! <laughs> Lance, what's the, Lance, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? Worst movie I've ever seen. And then what's seen? the best movie? You know, I don't like to think of any movie as the worst movie I've ever seen. Just there because, has to be like, one be, worst movie. being even like yeah, bad but be, movies, being on set, like working things. as a PA and like and being an actor and then like writing and then editing my own shit, watching other people edit shit. Like, there's so much fucking work that goes into it. I don't want to shit on the fucking 40, 60 <laughs> hours people put in. <laughs> what if there was somebody? Like, there's movies that are intentionally hey, to hey, make it bad. What if there was somebody who was meaning? They were like, I want to make a bad film. Oh, well. I just want to make. Probably into making a good so one Louis, by accident. Louis C.K. <laughs> had a really funny bit in his most recent special where mm. he was talking about like he's like I don't skip the ads on YouTube. He goes, think about that. He's like, someone puts their heart and soul and passion into this commercial, and you're just sitting there and you're like, three, two, one, skip. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Skip. Like, <laughs> He's like, that took work, man. He's like, that someone put That's their heart feel, and soul man. into that. Yeah, you're just Blood, not, sweating you're not really a biased person. You can't really say who's the worst no, actor or no, favorite I mean, actor. Art's super objective, man. Um, I have favorites, you know, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, we're talking actors. I mean, who Jules inspires Edgia you? For Denzel. Leo. I think Denzel and Leo are probably my biggest inspirations. Yeah. Uh, but I love guys like Javier Bardem, Tom Hardy, uh, Jessica Chastain, uh, Octavia Spencer, Meryl Streep, the goat, naturally. Even uh, um, oh God, my, one of my favorites, Viola Davis, man. She Fuck yeah, dude. Away constantly, constantly. Yeah. yeah, she's the shit, bro. And then in terms of filmmakers, like Aaron Sorkin, I just uh, I can't get enough of the stuff he does. Like I just watched recently was uh, uh, Being the Ricardos, and I mean, just getting to see him direct and r- his own script is just it's it's incredible. It's just such a good movie. Dude, I miss Robin Williams. I've been recently watching a lot of his films. He's great, like Goodwill Hunting with yeah. Matt Damon. I'm oh like, man, so good. In that. Uh, yeah, so good in that. his stand up even better. Even, his stand up's really good. Even that movie, <laughs> Nice uh, Car, Ralph. Mine now. <laughs> <laughs> Awakenings with uh, um, Robert De Niro. He's like a plays as a doctor. He's oh, trying nice to help. He's trying to help all the like, uh, mental patients that uh, are uh, like very. Uh, 
what's the disease that Michael J. Fox has? Oh, uh, Parkinson's. Parkinson's. But it's yeah. it more of a like a virus. It eventually attacks your whole nervous system. Okay, and it just makes me Lou Gehrig's disease. Is that what that is? Kind of like yeah, if you go so, on Netflix, right? it's just called Awakening. Okay, check it, out uh, Insomniac as well. It's is uh, he in it's it? one of Nolan's. I think it's one of Nolan's him and Al Pacino. Yeah, him and yeah. Al Pacino. yeah, he's great. It's in really it. good. That's really one good where film. he's never funny in that moment. Yeah, Pacino. no, never. That's one because you see, like, even in in fucking Goodwill Hunting, there's little moments of like yeah. him showing like a little brevity and she sense even of humor. woke the dog up. <laughs> yeah, she I fought, mean, fought yeah. it in her sleep. You know, but like <laughs> the tr- that is a movie where you're like, whoa, Robin Williams is just straight creepy in this. Yeah, like he's not yeah. really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's nothing. You should see him in twenty four hour photo. <sighs> Or a final cut. He's like uh, this guy who's an editor. What does a David 24 like, hour uh, photo look like? Uh, <laughs> ben Affleck's a good to The exposure is going to be fucked at a ben certain Affleck. point. Stay really still <laughs> all day. <laughs> all day. 24 hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one and then final cut's another really good one with him too. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, it's good to know you're objective with, with this kind oh, of stuff. Sure, yeah, man. it's sure, not, that's not... Gotta be. Yeah. I stop, no I, time I to be stop biased. Saying that, oh, that's a bad movie. I say, oh, that I just don't. I just didn't like that movie. Well, yeah. That one was just one for me because I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't think there's this thing as a bad movie. It's oh, just okay. like the shit I'm gonna like, the shit I'm not gonna like. Because yeah. some one day someone's gonna look at my shit and be like, oh, that movie fucking sucked. I'm like, well, it doesn't suck. You just didn't like it, and that's okay. That's true. That's okay. It's like with y'all music. Somebody comes in, so oh, voodoo fucking sucks. We're like, no, they don't suck. You just didn't like them. Yeah, you know, you, have you know what's something funny is that that actually kind of reminds me of a lot of TV shows these mm-hmm. days. They always have like the wait until the next episode, and then like mm-hmm. the next episode comes up, and you're like, well, you just wasted my fucking time because now I waited the whole week, and now I realize that the thing that was the cliffhanger was actually nothing. It was just like, oh my god, something's gonna happen. Oh, it's just this cat running out of the closet. Like you know, like what the fuck shows are you watching, dude? No, that's that's a lot of television. <laughs> in my opinion, I see those things and I see like the same like story arc kind of play out yeah. in each episode, and as a result, I personally am like. Well, you're not going to trick me again. Fuck you. And I just, like, give up. But I the love thing the is, idea that you're at home arguing with your fucking Apple TV. <laughs> well, yeah, no, like, other people other people love that shit. But, like, it's kind of like gambling. Some people like it. I don't. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it's like a short-term brevity kind of thing. And they like to see the way that they went about doing the structure again, but in a, you know, different way or something. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's something that's not for me. But I understand mm-hmm. that people like it for a yeah. reason. For yeah. sure. You know? For sure. It was like a good cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing like shout a good. Shout out to Yeah, shout out to <laughs> And shout out to all the classic actors. Thank you for your hard work. Yeah, man. Especially Johnny Sins. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. Jesus Christ. Clint, Clint Eastwood is in a main. <laughs> I said Clint. Clint Eastwood, wow. Clint Eastwood, bro. Enjoy hell, trash mouth. Fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking Clint Eastwood, one of the best directors ever. <laughs> He's so good. I you loved know? him in Backdoor Sluts 9. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> you guys are incredible. You got any uh, uh, last words, Lance Williams? Uh, any last it, words? It, it, it was a yeah. really <laughs> honor to have you. Thank you, Seriously, thank bro. You. Um, you are a great listener, and he does make a point. Thank you. Thank you, man. You do have a huge cock. Next December, I want to dance with somebody who's coming out. Hey! Jerry Griffith, the guy who discovers Whitney Houston and the Whitney Houston biopic from TriStar. He picks up a landline and goes... Michael, you know that thing you were looking for? Listen to this. And he puts the phone <laughs> out toward the fucking band. There you go. That's it. That's, that's how I it. Yeah, that's yeah that it. was the whole scene. It was that's, great. That's it. Yep. E- Eric, <laughs> Eric <laughs> Troy, was uh, bring Eric an honor to rewrites. have you again. <laughs> Thank you for being part of this it was segment. To be here. Of course, my brother from another mother. Thanks, Gibbity-Doo. Um, 
Troy's mother. I hope you're not, they you're not dad, disappointed though. all the profanity we've been saying. No, she's. Uh, I always worry like the shit that we say because I know she follows me and she's gonna be like, oh, what are you teaching my son?" Oh, she she loves you guys. She yeah. knows that I would be the bad influence oh, okay. if anything <laughs> wasn't anything. She's aware of my mischief. Yeah. Speaking of mischief, um, I want to say that you guys are fantastic friends, and um, the way that I know that is because I've been farting this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Not one of you said anything. Well, remember, man. So I appreciate y'all. Remember, or you all have COVID and can't smell. That could be it. I, well, we're gonna end this like we're gonna end it this way. And do you know why I agree we're good friends? Because we're family. Because we're family. <laughs> Autobots, let's ride. Uh, hey, family. Dude, I almost had family. you. You never had me. You never family. had your car. And then the guy in the back room goes, "Oh man!" <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we ended it. Damn, dude. <laughs> All right, now cool. gonna have the mad scientist tear apart the block. <laughs> <laughs> love you, you guys. Yeah, love you guys. Thank you all. Love you mother's in the fucking stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you. End it that way, bro. Another West Philadelphia. <laughs> Touch my camera through the fence. <laughs> West Philadelphia. Born and raised. Born and raised. <laughs> Born and raised. Playground is where I spent most of my days. Mm. Chilling out, Tell relaxing, maxing, and acting all cool. Mm. I was shooting some b-ball outside the school. There were a couple of guys. They were up to no good. A couple of individuals. They began making trouble in my neighborhood. How dare they? Until one day, I got in a little fight and my mother got scared. It she was said, a scrap. You're moving to your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. <laughs> yeah, and that shit right there. Boom. <laughs> Shout out Morgan Freeman. Shout out Uncle Morg. Hell yeah. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>